Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I went to Jerusalem one time. I was on a tour. And we went to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus prayed. That particular spot had always meant a lot to me. But the Lord would pray so long and so hard that uh, his sweat would turn to blood. You know, I was born in a Southern Baptist family. My mother, she was an old-fashioned Baptist. And they had what they called praying through. Her and, her and some more people of the church, they had what they called praying through. A lot of us have, honestly, have to pray through on that and see. And see what God says. Now notice they pray until they pray through. Now, what do you mean by that? You pray until God comes. You pray until God manifests himself. But I noticed every time that she prayed, God would manifest himself alone. Most every revival, if we didn't have what you call a breakthrough, what you call a real good spiritual service. But the third or fourth night of the revival that always asks on the haze to pray for the revival. That was my mother's name. She'd always get down between the seats. Now, she died when I was 10 years of age with cancer. But she'd always get down between the seats when they asked her to pray in church. She'd usually be sitting in the second or third row back. She got between the seats, close her eyes, bend herself over, and start praying. Dear God, she prayed like a house of fire. Prayed like a house of fire, hard and fast. It wouldn't be long until God came. What you call praying through. She would begin to shout. Three or four others in the church would begin to shout. Four or five others, seven or eight others. It's not very long until half of the church is shouting. But only three or four or five of them would ever shout up and down the aisles and around to the front, jumping and shouting and screaming, waving their hands. But you have three or four or five of them in the church that do that. Now today, today in the downtown modern Baptist churches, most of them. You don't have anybody that does that. No, nobody. Now you still have some Baptists that does that out in the country Baptist churches. Or you go up in the mountain, the Baptist churches. You still have some people that does that. But uh, I noticed downtown, uh, the first Baptist church where I was at in Indianapolis, nobody ever did that. Now I'm sure the part of the first Baptist church here Probably nobody ever does it. In fact, you don't see it in very many churches at all. But they did. They just, that's just the way she was. I noticed when she'd go in the back, back room and pray for something. Now, my daddy was not like that. He was a reserved type fellow, you know. 
and uh, very quiet. But he appreciated her walk with God. And she'd go in the back room and pray, close the door and pray out loud. Now sometimes when she prayed through, why she'd get to shouting so strong that she'd shout through the living room. And she looked like she was under some kind of a spell for about sometimes for 20 or 30 minutes and she couldn't stop. He said, scare me half to death, me little old kid. <laughs> Us three kids, Glenn, Dorothy, and myself, we'd come in from school and mother would be praying a lot of times. And we wouldn't even go in the house if she was praying, boy. Afraid to stand outside, you know, wait. So I learned, you know, I began to learn, and, 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 I, and God taught me, and I saw how real she was after the Lord began to teach me when I started teaching them prayer and the importance of prayer and stopping deaths. Listen to me now. Stopping deaths. Stopping things that can be stopped. Stop the works of a hell. And you get it stopped quickly if you pray loud and fast. You understand that? So if anybody ever calls you that somebody had a car wreck, that type of thing, don't pray some little small, weak, simple, you know, nonchalant prayer. I mean, take authority over the devil in Jesus' name and bind him up in Jesus' name and claim victory in Jesus' name and start praying. Now, if you can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. If you can't, then pray in English. Just as loud and fast as you can. You can pray through quicker if you pray loud and fast. You ought to come sometime to a prayer seminar we have here. We teach on prayer a full week every year. Glory to God forever. And... Uh, Sometimes the reason why, I mean, if you just knew this, if, if you just knew it, I'll begin to get a hold of it some of it for the past few years. Brother Hagin said he got, he got a hold of some stuff from heaven that he couldn't even share with people. Brother Hagin made a statement one time at Ramah. He said, Pentecostal churches backslid the Holy Ghost 50 years ago. Most all of them he had ever seen backslid on the Holy Ghost 50 years ago. And he didn't say backslid on Jesus. Backslid on the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost is the one that does the work on the earth. You, know, you, you get what I said? If you don't have to pass it on the top of your head. He does the work of God on earth. The Holy Ghost does. Now, I'll give you just a little bit of stuff tonight. I'll give you a little bit of stuff that's uh, pretty heavy, but you, now you're not ready for it, though. So you might as well know this. You're not ready for it. There's no church in town ready for it. Forget that. This town or any other town. They're just not ready for it. They haven't been taught 
and don't know. They just, you know, when you don't know something, you don't know it. But if you just knew it, and your faith was built up to the point, if the doctor tells you you had something, if you would pray strong enough, now listen to me closely, because you're not, you're not going to find this out in, in, in no church. Because I don't even know that it, I don't even know of a church in America that knows it. None of them that I know of. There may be some, but I don't know of any. If you had cancer in your body, or had something in your body, if you would, if you would get flat on the floor and take authority over that thing in Jesus' name, curse that dumb thing in Jesus' name, resist it in Jesus' name, and start praying loud and strong, and don't let go, I guarantee you that thing would come out of you. I guarantee it. Any crippled person can get their legs made straight. They can get God to do it if they knew how. That's the reason Jesus said, you say, is that in the Bible? Well, I just have to think about a verse. So glad you came tonight. Lord of God forever. If you'll believe this, if you'll believe what Jesus says, now what you say, what, what do you mean what Jesus says, Norval? Don't how you get Jesus involved in this. It's what you said. Well, Matthew, Matthew 21, 22, this is Jesus talking in red letters. This is Jesus talking in red letters. And listen to what he says. He says, and all things, everybody say, all things includes cancer. All things includes crooked legs. All things includes blind eyes. Any blind person, <clears throat> any blind person can take authority over that in Jesus' name and claim total victory in Jesus' name and get flat on the floor on their knees and just pray just as hard and fast and loud as they can and refuse to take no for an answer and scream, I sight is mine and I'm getting it in Jesus' name. I sight is mine. I guarantee you your eyesight would come to you. But if you're just going to do it for an hour or two and expect it to come, it might come before that. But it might not either. But it will come, I'll guarantee you that. But the person that's blind has to do that. Not somebody for you. You say, really? Listen, listen to me, listen to me. Blind Bartimaeus did. That's, that's exactly the way he prayed. That's exactly the way he believed. That's exactly the kind of faith he had. With a, the Bible says, with a loud voice. Over and over again, over and over again, 
and the disciples tried to get him to stop it, and he wouldn't do it. He would not do it. The Bible says loud and fast, loud and many, many, many times. You understand that? But see, the church misses that. They want to stay nice and nice and quiet and reserved and, and just let the Lord just kind of bless you. And he does. I always remember this about Jesus in heaven. They will bless you according to the level of your faith. Jesus, the Holy Ghost, heaven's blessing will be yours according to the level of your faith. If you have, if you have a Abraham kind of faith, if you have, and listen to me closely, if you have a blind Bartimaeus kind of faith and a blind Bartimaeus kind of mouth, you can have anything you want. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22. He said, In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. But see, something that you don't want that visits you, that the devil puts up on you, you don't supposed to accept that. Truthfully, if you have anything in you that you don't want, you don't supposed to accept that any level of it. Not any level, you don't supposed to accept it. You're supposed to scream at that thing every day, fight it, resist it, throw it out, scream, fight, resist, scream, fight, resist. No, 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 I won't accept this. No, I won't accept this and claim total victory in Jesus' name. It doesn't make any difference what it is either. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, Jesus said, believing you shall receive. And all things. But see, your prayers are not going to hold out for very long unless you're grounded in faith. You have to be grounded. Your spirit man, your inward man down here, has to be grounded in faith. And your mind has to be settled that the mind of Christ is in you and you refuse to believe anything except what Jesus says. And Jesus says, all things, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And he has examples in the Bible to give to you how to get it. In the Old Testament and New and both. Blind Bartimaeus is a perfect example. How do you get your eyesight? And the same kind of faith that blind Bartimaeus had will work for anything. Always remember this. Faith works the same way for everything. Faith works the same way. Faith means that you will not let one spark, not even one spark of doubt ever enter into you. 
not one spark of wondering. And what you feel or what you don't feel and when you get the manifestation has nothing to do with it. And just as soon as your faith pleases God, the manifestation will come. And the more that God hears you, and the stronger he hears you, the quicker he'll make up his mind. You can get God to speed up the process of giving you something, or you can cause God not to make up his mind to, to give it to you. See, I always remember this. God is a faith God. And God has a certain level of faith that a believer has to reach that certain level of faith before God will stamp it approved. God sits on the throne and he never changes. The Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, born by the Virgin Mary, paid the price, died on the cross for you, rose again the third day, and lived on the earth some around 40 days and went back to heaven. He told you before he ever left exactly, the Bible tells you exactly like it is, honey, it's no different than that. It's exactly like the Bible says it is. You can imagine all the miracles and good things that the Lord Jesus did in the hours and hours and hours of teaching uh, in three and a half years. This is just a little teeny bit right here of what he taught. A little teeny bit. This is all that you need. You understand that? I've heard Bible scholars say that there's not a library in the country big enough to hold the books if every word that Jesus ever spoke was recorded. But God only put in here, written by the Holy Spirit, all that you need for your life. In this book, my brother and sister, is not everything that God knows. God makes worlds. This universe is so big, scientists say that different worlds, I mean just hundreds of different worlds, are created every day. Bigger than this one. Every day. Of course, eye hath not seen or ear hath not heard what the good things that God has in store for you. And your little peanut mind is like mine. You can't even imagine how big the universe is. Now, heaven is beyond the stars. Are you ready for this? No, you're not ready for this. Heaven is beyond the stars. And the scientists, as dumb as they are, and they are pretty dumb, but now don't lie if they're smarter than you are. <laughs> but if you left the earth doing 10,000 miles an hour, listen closely, if you left the earth doing 10,000 miles per hour, and never stopped. Now we've only been here on the earth since Jesus, you know, like the church, a couple of thousand years. After 95,000 years passed, 
95,000 years. If you were doing 10,000 miles an hour, after 95,000 years passed, there's some stars so far off that you wouldn't even be to that star yet. And no telling how many thousands of years of traveling at a high speed that heaven is beyond that. It's amazing how a God can live in heaven. A little old peanut human like me standing down here giving you some scripture of the Bible and all of a sudden he speaks and gives me a, gives me a scripture. <laughs> that quick. Just to give to you because he cares for you and because he loves you. I mean, can you imagine that God that big can love and help you with the little, little things of your life? Can you imagine Jesus coming down from glory, becoming a human being, leaving the glory, the glory, the glory? And he pleads your case because he paid the price for you and he wants you to make it. Not only does the Lord Jesus Christ want you to make it, he wants you to enjoy the benefits that's listed in the Bible for you. He wants you to enjoy all of the benefits. Not part of them, he wants you to enjoy all of them. But now the financial blessing that God gives to human beings is a little bit different than the rest of them. God will never give you a financial blessing. God will never give you a financial blessing if you can't handle money. I've been convinced for years that the body of Christ, most of them will die poor. Now they don't, they're not supposed to die poor, but they will though. Because, see, the number one thing that God is looking for with you are King Farouk, our paper boy, our President Bush, are your brother, are your daddy. The only thing and the number one thing that God is looking for from you and wants from you is not all these benefits in here. He wants for you to have a sweet relationship with Jesus. That's why I love the Baptist ministry as much as I do. You probably thought I didn't. Because the, the Baptist people have a real good, sweet, precious ministry in the ministry of being born again. Salvation. I just don't have a lot of respect for their ministry with cancer patients and cripples and blind people. You know what I mean? Now the reason I don't is because they don't teach it to that degree. If they use the same faith they have for salvation to attack the other works of hell, then I'd have just as much respect for them. But you can't expect anybody that knows anything to have respect for something that's nothing.
You know what I mean? Now, if you don't know anything, you might have respect and, 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 and look up on God and, and, and approach God and believe God that he's a general God. Like making a statement, well, I believe God can do anything. That's a first-class sign that you don't believe nothing. Oh, well, I believe God do anything. No, you don't believe nothing. <laughs> when you say, I believe God do anything, then show me your faith. Don't tell me about your faith. The Bible says don't accept testimonies from people who want to tell you about their faith. The Bible says accept testimonies from people that want to show you their faith. Show you their faith. Show God that you will believe him. In fact, let me beg of you, show God that you'll believe him. If you will show God that you'll believe him and never waver, I guarantee you that you'll get it. Glory to God forevermore. I mean, the Holy Ghost himself, if you would get your faith to the right kind of level, and if you ever got your mouth straightened out, which most people never will, but, uh, you know, if you did, especially if your mouth was straightened out like blind Bartimaeus' mouth. Now, I admit that Peter and James and John and Mark and Luke didn't think he was too hot. But God didn't save you to follow Luke. God didn't save you to worship Peter. God saved you to follow Jesus and worship him and him only. Blessed be God forever. I mean, they charged blind Bartimaeus like a bull, like a, I mean, just charged him. The Bible says they charged him and demanded him to be quiet and hold his peace that the master passes by. Well, I mean, he could have said, well, you stupid jerk, who do you think I'm after? <laughs> I mean, he could have said, man, listen to me, Peter. You unbelieving Luke, you listen to me. Get them, throw them doctor's license away and let me teach you something about faith. <laughs> I'm sick and tired, Luke, of sitting on this dusty highway with a pen Every time, I, every time a rabbit jumps, every time I hear a sprig break, every time I hear anything in my ear, I think it's a human being. I can't see it, but I think it is. And I beat my pen, saying, Help the blind. Help the blind. Do I hear something? I think I do. I'm over here. Help the blind. Help the blind. Somebody told me one day that passed by here, there was a man in this part of the world that healed blind people. And uh, his name was uh, Jesus. And uh, Somebody already told me that was him that passeth by. And he began to cry with a loud voice. Jesus! Have mercy! 
I've been teaching this and start doing that and do that for 10 or 15 times and, and, and nearly every time I do it it started right then the, the Spirit of God would come and overshadow me right in front of the congregation and the Holy Ghost would say to me that's the way you do it son teach them that's the way you reach me you understand that? But because of your great pride, you know, and because of your great fabulous upbringing, and because of your reserved knowledge, your great intellectual knowledge, which the whole mess is sick, you probably never will do that. Had you rather raise your face toward heaven and cry out to God with a loud voice thus to have to live in the sufferings of hell and to accept what devils and demons has for you? Because I can tell you now what the devil has for you. Him and all of his workers. They are here working day and night. Working day and night working day and night against your mind against your mind just to water your thinking down a little bit if I can just get you over out of the now faith now it's okay for you to have faith in God go ahead I know you're a church member in America but the devil will tell you no on certain terms I've been after the church for years and I know they're going to believe in Jesus, but I just bombard their minds to water their faith down. So their prayers will be kind of a little bit cold, not too loud and short. Not too loud of prayers and short prayers causes you to get nothing. Glory to God forever. But bombarding heaven with a strong, loud voice, the same way blind Bartimaeus did, and your faith on a level that you refuse to waver, it'll cause an order to come from heaven to the Holy Ghost that lives in you, and he will operate on you. Oh, come on, Lord, well, give me a break. Why well, don't you be nice? And just don't get too heavy. Water this thing down, Orville, a little bit. And you're trying to drive something home to me. Yeah, you said that right. It's called victory. That's the reason you, you get the kind of material I've got on my tape series, How to Live and Not Die. See, God dealt with me about this years ago and what to do and how to do it. That's the reason I've got that on that material. That's the reason it saves a lot of lives. And if I could ever, if I could ever get that in me, you can, have, you can have anything you want. The devil's always trying to put stuff on me that, that, I, that, that, that I don't want. When he does, I say, no, no, 
I want to accept this. I resist this thing in Jesus' name. I bind it. I bind you in Jesus' name. Go from me. In Jesus' name, pain. No, you don't. In Jesus' name, pain. You're not going to stand my leg. I command you, pain. Come out of me. Come out of me. Pain in Jesus' name. Come out. You can't stand my leg. In Jesus' name, pain. I said, turn my leg loose. Come out of me. Come out. Come out of me. Come out. Come out. Come out. You can't stand me. In Jesus' name. Come out of me. I said, come out. And if you'll do it long enough, it'll come out. Sure enough, Norval, are you serious? Are you, you mean sometimes it'll, it'll come out? No. It'll come out every time. Now, Norval, that couldn't be so because I have some friends, the best Christians I know of, and they, uh, uh, they died. So? You don't have no right to judge God by your dead friends. You're supposed to judge God by blind Bartimaeus. You're supposed to judge faith by blind Bartimaeus, not what happens to your friends. You have a right to judge God by the Bible. If it's not scriptural, God don't want you judging him. Can a man judge God? No, a man can't judge God. But God says, I hold my word above my name. So you can't believe the word. You want to find some, how to get something from God? Well, just find out the people in the Bible that got it and don't change. No use me trying to change the Bible, my brother and sister, because you can't change the Bible. If you even try to change the Bible, you know what's wrong with you? You have flaky faith. Flaky faith. You can't change the Bible. You might as well forget it. Look up the Bible stories. Look up Bible stories and see how they got it from God. Well, I don't know if the Lord wants to heal me or not. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know if the Lord wants to heal you or not? Look up your case in the Bible and see if he heals somebody. Oh, is... If I can find somebody like that healing the Bible, is that a sign he'll heal me? <laughs> yeah, that's a sign he'll heal you. You know? Don't you know that God wrote the Bible for you? Well, it might not be the Lord's will, nor will, you know, to heal everybody. Oh, really? Oh, oh, you mean God picks people to heal? You got chapter and verse where God picks people to heal? You don't have a chapter and verse for a pick-me God. And Jesus said, what I do for one, I do for the other. Now, I know that you and me both have flaky friends, but you don't have no flaky Savior. If Jesus is your Savior, you don't have a flaky Savior, I guarantee you that. No, you don't have no flaky Savior. He will do for you exactly what he says he'll do. Glory to God forevermore. He will do what he says he'll do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I told you about God speaking and giving scriptures. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Oh, the scripture that God wants you to see. Turn with me, please, to the 14th chapter of the book of Romans. You're not even ready for this scripture, much less me. Glory to God forever. The 14th chapter of the book of Romans. The 14th chapter of the book of Romans. You know the first time I've you know the first time I've administered this scripture right here in public. No, the second time, excuse me, the second time I've administered in public. You know what God did to me? I had these spiritual leaders that wanted to have a one hour's meeting with me in Pennsylvania. I'm speaking twice. Once on Sunday morning at the First Assembly of God Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm speaking at an independent full gospel church in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, the north part of the, the north part of the state. They made a deal with these two people and got my permission. The spiritual leaders around that part of the country was going to come together halfway between these two cities at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and I was going to, they're going to stop me there, and I'm going to walk in this place, and they're going to ask me questions for one hour and have a question and answer session. And I told them, I'd, okay, I'll do it. And when I got there, the place was totally packed out. I couldn't even find a place to stand. I mean, you usually you have a place to stand. Not in this place, man. There's so many people there. I had, I had to get around and move and twist to even find a place to stand up. And I finally got myself back over against the wall. Stood up. I said, all right, now we better get started because I can only be here about one hour. And that's it. I said, now, who has the first question? This man, this man says, I do. He said, Brother Melville, I'm Assembly of God leader. And he said, I uh, have a ministry downtown uh, under approval of my pastor, working with dope addicts and helping them. He says, we, our lives has been sold out. My wife and, and my life has been sold out to the Lord. And we don't have no rebel ministry, outlaw ministry. Everything we do is under the, under the pastor. Don't forget that. And... Uh, don't jump up onto your pastor and go next door and start a church or start your own ministry. Get, 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 him to, get, get him to prove of it or lay hands upon you. You know what I mean? And bless your ministry. And he said, and I want to ask you a question. He says, my wife has an affliction in her body. Sitting right here. I have one in my body that we've had for a long time. He said, now we watch God do all kinds of things for people through our ministry but we don't get healed. He said, why won't God heal us? I'm asking you the question. Why won't God heal us? And when he said it to me, when he said it to me, the Spirit of God jumped in my belly and said, his mind and his mouth is on the wrong road. He's on the road of wondering about God and why won't God heal him? And why won't God heal his wife? He said, flag him down with the 14th chapter of Romans. Flag him down with the 14th chapter of Romans, the 23rd verse, because he's doubting me. But he don't know he is, but he is. The 23rd verse. And he that doubteth, 14th chapter of Romans, 23rd verse, and he that doubteth is damned. 
You understand that? If you're going to doubt God, there's no hope for you for victory. He that doubteth is damned if he eat. If he eat what? If he eat of doubt. Because he eateth not of faith. You can't eat doubt and faith at the same time. Because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now I shut the man up when he first asked me that question. I asked him, I told him, I says, well, God won't heal you because you've been committing sin. God will not heal you because you've been committing sin. He says, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. We live our lives straight. We do this and do that. Glory to God forever. And he says, well, what, 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 what do you mean? I says, well, what, what do you mean what I mean? I said, you've been committing sin. The Lord told me to flag him down with this verse. Flag him down with that verse. He says, Mr. Hayes, we haven't been committing sin. Me and my wife lives our lives clean. So, well, you know, I don't know what you mean. He says, how have we been committing sin? I said, I thought you'd never ask me. How have we been committing sin? I said, you open up your mouth and says, and you said to me, why won't God heal us? Why won't God heal us? It's because you don't believe him. That's why God won't heal you, because you don't believe him. You have to believe God. You can't doubt God. You have to believe God in order to get God to heal you. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. You have to believe God. No doubt at all coming in. You can't have any doubt. Keep all doubt out of you. And if you ever get a hold of it, and you please God, and sometimes it takes different amounts of time to please God. But the more you pray, and the more you believe, and the stronger your voice is, and the more you resist the devil, and the more that you confess that victory is yours, and you refuse to take no for an answer, and you claim victory, 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 the quicker you'll get it because you'll get God's attention. Sometimes people never get healed because they don't worship God. There's certain things you have to learn, my brother and sister. It's not even hard, it's not even easy to get people healed all the time, especially over two or three times. It's not even easy to get a person healed that don't give any money to God. And it's not easy to get people healed on a permanent basis that don't worship God. You'll need a healing this month, the next month you'll need another one. Or six months or next year you'll need another one. Year after year, year after next year you'll need another one. Because you don't spend time worshiping God. You have to spend time worshiping God. And I hate to tell you that most churches don't teach you to worship God. They just, you know, they use that word, we use it for years. Print up programs and everything. Sunday school hour at 11 o'clock and worship hour at 12, 11 o'clock. Sunday school hour at 10 o'clock and worship hour at 11 o'clock. We never did worship anything. We heard sermons and songs and prayers and, and done our own thing and kind of just left. But if you want to know the real truth about God, if a group of people got in a church like this or any other church and you just started worshiping God, and if you'd worship him for about two or three hours, then just start calling Jesus your healer and just worship God, you can start calling him your healer and he'd come and heal the whole bunch. But you have to please him. See, you don't have to please me, but you have to please him. And there's ways in the Bible to tell you and show you exactly how you please the Lord. I was on PTL one time, John Jimenez and me, before he ever married his wife, what is her name? Ann, that's right. Before he ever married Ann, John Jimenez and Pat Robinson and Nikki Cruz and myself 
We walked the streets, worked the streets in London, England for two weeks, trying to get kids off of drugs. There'd be a thousand of them running one gang. And we worked the streets for two weeks trying to get kids off of drugs. John Jimenez married Ann, and they were on PTL with me one time. And I was speaking, and Ann gave a prophecy out. The Spirit of God came on me, and the healing power of God came on me. Jim Baker handed me the microphone. At that particular, he's about the only one that was left on national TV would give time and praying for the sick. And he handed me the microphone. He said, hear it awful. He said, the healing power of God's all over you. He says, pray for these sick people out there. He says, there's hundreds of millions of them. He says, pray for these sick people. Now, the show was only, it was only in the show, maybe not, not, I'd say not over 10 minutes. And I reached out like this and began to, you know, I, I'd been teaching a little bit, but I guess I began to pray. And I did. It was like 120, 125 phones. Did you ever hear that many phones ring at the same time? Never rung it. All at the same time. Now that's, that's a sight to behold, to see that many people sitting there with telephones, and all of them ring at the same time. But see, the anointing was on me so strong, and I reached out, and I said, diseases and afflictions, I take authority over you. Gross, I take authority over you, and I command you to obey me. Come out! And I curse you and command you, come off of these bodies in Jesus' name. And 125 phones went, and rung, started ringing, started ringing all at the same time. Just a few seconds after I got through, but ring all at the same time. And Jim jumped and says, oh my God. That means that thousands of phone calls are trying to get in and can't get in. And nobody else got to speak the rest of that show because there were so many people getting healed. I mean, people called in and says, I had, I had a knot on my jaw as big as a grapefruit. And when Brother Norval did that over the screen, over the TV, it fell off on the floor. Just fell off on the floor. And he could never believe. He said, I've heard this miracles in my life. And when the, when the show was over, he gave me the microphone. He told me, he says, go call the network. He said, I'm going to stay on another hour. Another hour. There's 3,000 people sitting in the congregation. Third, third, that, that day, 3,500. 3,500 people in the PTL congregation just sitting there watching a TV show. He gave me the microphone. He says, Marvel, here. You've got one hour. Pray for everybody in here if you want to. It's all yours. Give me the microphone. He left. I'm up to the audience and prayed for people for an hour. Just totally prayed for people for an hour. And I got through. I went over to the restaurant, me and several of them, to get something to eat. And he sent his manager over there. And he says, tell Norville to come up here and hold a week's revival, a week's healing meeting on PTL. I want a week. I want a all week long, all week long. See, I don't care who you are, where you come from. I don't care how much experience you've got. You could have been Pentecostal all your life. When you start seeing things like that, <laughs> see, if you don't watch yourself, you'll get on fire for God when you're young and stay on fire for a little while, and then you just kind of fade out of it. You know, you want to get out of it because so many people make fun, many people don't know, and that type of thing, you know, they just don't know. 
But the Lord told me one time at Howard Johnson's Motel in Columbus, Ohio, he said, son, I want you to cast out devils for me and take authority over devils. He said, devils is what causes afflictions and what causes people all kind of harm and trouble. He said, it's the work of hell. It's not the work of heaven. It's not God. It's not Jesus. It's not the Holy Spirit. And it's not angels. It's the work of hell. It's demon spirits. And the devil and demon spirits working under his orders. And they come to kill, steal, and to destroy the human race. They come to kill the human race. They come to destroy the human race. And they come to steal away from the human race everything God's promised them. Kill, steal, and to destroy. And uh, <clears throat> the Lord told me, he said, uh, you ready for this? No, you're not ready for this. He said, uh, I don't want you to ever, now this is like over 20 years ago. He said, I don't want you to ever stop casting out devils in my name. I don't want you to ever stop taking authority over the devil in my name. He said, the devil has got blinded eyes on many churches. And they've already quit. Now, can you imagine this? Some, can you imagine people trying to have a church on the earth and they don't cast out devils and throw the devil out? There's even sects of people on earth trying to have a church and won't even cast the devil out. They just have church what they call a church. Not too much church, but that's what they call a church. You understand? Well, God calls a church when crooked legs stretch out. Yes. The lost get saved. Yes. And when cancers come up like a snake out of the top of your head and fall out on the floor. Yes. You understand that? Did you, 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 did you hear that testimony in Gatlinburg last week? Week before last, did you hear that? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, in a church about three or four weeks ago. I was in Jacksonville at night, Cassandra. Now, I called for a healing line one night in Jacksonville. I'm at this church for three nights. They lined up all the way across the front of the church. Now, Zona's little daughter, my daughter's little daughter, is four years old. Now, I want you to listen to this. She walked up here where I'm at, I look down and she's standing up here, which is kind of unusual, you know. And it's just, she wants to help you pray for people. <clears throat> she wants to help you pray for people at least. She says, uh, yeah, I want to help you pray for people. Four years old. I said, well, come on, honey. So we're going over like this. I take a little hand and say, okay, now, we'll both touch them. The Bible says, if two or more touch and agree, it shall be done. Now, she'd already proved to me that she could pray the prayer of faith. Now, her daddy is on the, on the camera right there in the white shirt and tie. That's her daddy. He's married to my daughter. And sometime before that, a few months before that, we was in our house, my house out here. And I think we was praying for the food that day. And her daddy led the prayer, I believe it was. Four of us. Her daddy, my daughter Zona, and her and me and her mother had been feeling bad and her daddy prayed the prayer for the food now as soon as we got through praying he said amen uh, little Lee did like this she says 
let's hold hands again. She says, we didn't pray right. <laughs> now she was four years old. She said, we didn't, she didn't, she said, we didn't pray right. She says, let me pray. <laughs> now her daddy's sitting there, he heard every word she said. Now, so we took hands like this, and this is what we bowed our heads and closed our eyes, and this is what she did. This is, this is the first words that come out of her mouth. She says, I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. I command you, you leave my mommy's body alone. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my mommy. Amen. I looked over at Daddy, you know, and he's about as shocked as I was. And he looked, he looked at me and he said, can you imagine what she's going to be like time she gets 21 years old? Well, I'd been sitting in my spirit ever since the first time I took her in my arms and I come back from Honolulu one time when she was first born that there's a real call of God on that girl. Now, about three weeks ago, it's, it's wonderful to see them grow up and watch God mold them. And so we just walked right very gently, you know, very gently. And she walked to every person and we put our hands on them. Was you there that night, Cassandra? You saw this, didn't you? You got that picture? And, and, and so, so she, she laid hands on everyone with me. And we, we, had, I don't, we must have had, what, three or four lines? At least three or four lines, I would say, of people. Not just one line. We had several lines of people. And, and she laid hands on She didn't quit either on every one of them. So we laid hands on people. And all of a sudden, she had spotted, she had spotted a little girl, what, about 12 years old? She had spotted a little girl sitting over there with her father and mother that had some kind of a cloth or something on her ear. Now, she'd never met her, but she spotted her. And so now she's only four years old. So she pulls my coattail like this. We got over this way, you know. She pulls my coattail like this. She says, I said, what do you want, honey? She says, Papa, she says, come over here and let's pray for this little girl's ear. This, 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 pray for this girl's ear over here. So now we go over there. I don't know what's wrong with her ear. We go over there and we lay hands on the little girl's ear and pray for her. And I ask the Lord to give her a... To, said she can't hear. They said she, she can't hear. And uh, to ask the Lord to give her hearing back by a special miracle in Jesus' name and agreed, and, and agreed for it. Now, I don't know anything about what happened to that little girl. I don't know nothing about it at all until, uh, you know, up in Gatlinburg. And this man told me one time, he said, I have a testimony about little Lee. You're getting a miracle from my daughter from God. And I says, you do? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I do have. I said, well, I might call on you. So one night there, I called on him. He came down, got the microphone. And he says, and he said, when little Lee, he said, now she, he never met, she, little Lee had never met my daughter. But he said, when she pulled, she, she pulled Brother Norville's coattail and says, come over and let's pray for this girl. And when I prayed for her, he says, my girl was deaf here. He says, in this ear. And she had, she had, and stuff, stuff, the ear was really bad. The eardrum was really bad. And stuff run out of the eardrum all the time. I mean, they had to hold something up there all the time, like if they went to a meeting, they had to hold something up there all the time because stuff would run out of her eardrum. He said, they prayed for my daughter, then they turned around and went back over that way 
And the moment they turned around, back over that way, he says, all the running in her ear stopped. All of it. This is her daddy. Stopped. All of it. He said, so we go on home and go to bed. And he says, and lo and behold, the running never did start again. It never did start again. We went on to bed. The next morning, the next morning, we get, to, we get up. And naturally, the first thing, every morning, you know, that my wife does is look at our daughter's ear. And she looked at her ear, and something was trying to come out of it. Something was sticking out of it. She says, my wife got the tweezers and got a hold of it and just pulled it out. And it was, it was the old eardrum that was dead and dried up overnight. You know, you curse the thing in Jesus' name, it'll just die. You know, God told me one time, he said, if, he says, if you will curse the roots of something in Jesus' name, it will die and disappear. Now, you're making notes, you better put that down. Amen. The Lord told me that one time. He said, if you'll curse the roots, if you'll curse the roots of anything in the name of Jesus and believe and not doubt, he said, it will, it will die and disappear. Glory to God forever. See, then, just that last couple of statements I made. If you could only, if you, if you could ever get that in your spirit and in your mind and not lose it. See, Jesus said it's so important for you to come to church all the time. And, and see, and, and, and don't be hearers of God's word, but be doers thereof. He said, because when you hear the word of God and the truth, the Lord said, immediately the devil comes and steals it away from you. Steals it away from your mind. He steals it away from you. He don't want you to do that. All he wants you to do is to hear somebody like me in words and pat me on the back when the service is over and say, Oh, Brother Norvo, that's, that's good teaching, Brother Norvo. Good teaching, Brother Norvo. And, and, and Monday, Monday at noon, you forgot what it was. Well, the Lord said it would be that way. The Lord said, when you hear the word of God, God said, when you hear his word, you know, after you hear it, the devil comes, now listen, to, listen, listen, the devil comes immediately. He doesn't even wait one minute. He comes immediately to steal that away from you. Steal it away from you. If you can only remember for the rest of your life, anything that comes to visit you that you don't like, if you would dry her up like this and say, In Jesus' name, I curse the roots of this thing. And I command the roots to die and disappear and get out of me and get away from me. I resist in Jesus' name. Now thank you, Lord, for total victory. It would die and disappear. If you kept thanking the Lord for total victory, it would die and disappear. If you have affliction in your body, why do you want to keep on and 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 on? Now I love doctors and everything like that. You know, medicine when you need it and everything like that. I believe in doctors, medicine, and hospitals. I even believe in nurses. That's the truth.
Well, why do you want to keep on and on and on and on every little thing and spending all of your money? Why don't you curse that dumb thing in Jesus' name and refuse to accept it? See, don't accept it. Refuse to accept it and then give it, give it a good strong order like, I resist you in Jesus' name. Get out! Go from me! Get away from me! I resist you in Jesus' name. Go! Now let me give you two, the two greatest ministers in the Bible. Now, I'm not talking about love. I know love is the greatest, but I'm talking about things that you need to be doing. All right? Where the devil is concerned. The greatest ministry for you in all the world is the ministry of repentance. And I don't mean just for salvation. I mean for salvation, but not just for salvation. You need to repent through your life all the time. If you say something wrong or misjudge something, you need to repent. Don't ever get so high-minded and such a strong Christian that you won't repent. Because you're in trouble if you get to the point you won't repent. Repent. Why should I repent? No, I haven't done anything wrong. Well, that's a sure sign that you have. Yes. When you think you haven't, that's a sure sign that you have. There's only been one perfect person. Sometimes people come to me and say, I had Brother Norville, I heard something at your work and I didn't like it, I didn't think it was right. And I saw, hey Norville, I like your work, like the Bible school and everything, but hey, Norville, I saw three or four things that, that I, didn't, I didn't think was right. Oh, I said, well, thank God you only saw three or four. I said, sometimes. I said, sometimes I see eight or ten. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go somewhere and try to find a perfect work, or if you're gonna go somewhere and try to find a perfect pastor, forget it, honey. You'll find all of that in heaven. All works down here, all pastors. You have to fight demons. Yes. You have to fight demons, devils, all kinds of diseases, and weird people. <laughs> Some of them don't want their minds to think. They think they're robots. I want my pastor to get it for me. Your pastor's not supposed to get it for you. Your pastor's an instructor. Get it yourself, you old lazy thing. Get it yourself. Use Jesus' name yourself. Amen. Whatever Jesus' name will do for me, son, he'll do it for you. Amen. If I can say in Jesus' name, I curse this affliction, die! Stop, I said, come out! And if God will give a miracle, if I do that, he'll give it if you do it. There's no human being has a handle on this thing. Hey, the gospel is for everybody. Amen. Now, I didn't say cold, unbelieving denominations or cold, unbelieving churches. I said the gospel yes. is for everybody. The gospel is for everybody, and it's victory, too. The gospel brings you victory. Yes. Repentance. Repentance is the number one ministry that God wants you to have. The number two is resisting. Resisting, resisting, resisting. Yeah. People walk around spending all their money and got things hanging on to them and don't resist it. Why don't you resist it in Jesus' name? Resist it. I resist you. I resist you. I resist you. So, normal, I resisted for two months and it still hurts. So, I resisted for three months then. Amen. Or four months. Or five months. Or six months. Or seven months. Now, listen to this. How long did you say, Diane? A year. 
a year. And the cancer come out of the top of her head like a snake, dried up and fell out, just like the eardrum. And the little girl, the little girl's hearing, when the eardrum had pulled it out, it was the old eardrum, she started hearing. They took her to the doctor. He took her to the doctor. He said, I took her to the doctor. He says, the doctor, he said, I just wanted to see what the doctor would do. Because the girl started hearing. When my wife pulled that thing out of her ear, she started hearing, just like that. So I took her to the doctor, and the doctor got his thing and looked at her. <laughs> He'd been looking at her for a long time. He knew that ear was a total mess, a total chaotic mess. He looked at her and he said, hmm. <laughs> That's where doctors sound. They look at a miracle from Jesus. This is where they sound. Then they always do this. I don't understand this. <laughs> this is a something they forgot in medical school. I never did learn this. Uh, this little girl has a new eardrum. But uh, that can't be. My records, my records, my records. My records. Like a mad scientist, my records. My, my formula, my formula, my records. <laughs> well, the Holy Ghost can destroy your records. Blow your mind. That is your medical mind. <laughs> what am I going to tell my friends? My records don't lie. There's no way she can have a new eardrum, but she's got one. Then they always give you the final statement. Well, she must know somebody. <laughs> and as you start out, then, this is the final one. Had to be a higher power. <laughs> if you want to make it nervous, if you want to make them nervous, just go back over real calm and collective. Walk up to him and say, his name is Jesus. 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 Then try to get the doctor to say, say, say that, doctor. Jesus. My records, my records, my records, my records. My records. My records. <laughs> Lord, to God, blessed be the name of Jesus forevermore. But faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Now, congregation, this is a matter of life and death. Stretch your hand out to him. Come on. Thank you, Lord.
Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we curse the roots of that cancer. Cancer, I'm talking to you. I curse the roots of you, cancer. I command you, listen to me, cancer. I curse the roots of you. I command every root of that cancer. Die! Disappear! Die! Come out of him! In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. No cancer can live in his body. You've been cursed in Jesus' name. Tommy, Elizabeth, myself, this church, we agree in Jesus' name. God's divine healing power flowing through him. A special miracle for him. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power flowing through his body. Thank you, Lord, for your divine healing power flowing through his body in Jesus' name. 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 Thank you, Lord, for special strength. Thank you, Lord, for special strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Special strength. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now then, church, listen to me. You don't have to show Norval Hayes nothing. You understand that? But you have to show God your faith after the prayer. And the way you do it, and the only way you do it that works, there's only one way it works, not two, only one, will bring you perfection every time. You have to thank God out loud for what you prayed for. When you thank God out loud for what you prayed for, you please the Lord. Now thank God that you are healed. Not going to be, are. Thank God I am healed. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. For healing me. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my body. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you. for healing me. Praise your holy name, Lord God. I Jesus, you are my healer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, God. You thank are you, Jesus. You're my healer. Thank you, strong man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, You stand up for a few seconds, can't you? Tommy, come over here. Lay your hands on that man right there. Start praying for him. 
Jeg er mørstuden. Ind i studen. Kom her. Take him. Go over and get behind that first that man that he's praying for. And I want you and him to lay hands on his back as he prays and agrees. Listen to me. Pray for his healing. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, if you pray for somebody else's healing, I'll heal you. Yes. You see what I mean? Start living right now. Don't worry about your own condition. You're healed. I am. Yes, you in Jesus' name. You thank God for it all the time. That's right. So we're going to take, now take him stand beside of him. Now, you both of you lay hands on him and agree. He came for his wife. She's okay. going to lose her legs unless she gets a miracle. And that's what she's come for today. Come here, Elizabeth. Huh? Lay hands on Elizabeth, too. In the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of infirmity Jesus. Come out of her body now in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus.